Well, welcome back to Tip of the Spear, folks. I'm Commissioner Juanita Vero. I'm joined here with fellow commissioners Josh Slotnick and Dave Strohmeyer. We're here a couple days before Thanksgiving, and we don't know when you're going to be listening to this podcast, but we're going to talk about gratitude today. This is the season of reflection and storytelling and kind of thinking back on, yeah, the year. And Slotnick here has a poem he'd like to share to start us off with. Sure. Wow, <clears throat> break the ice, Josh. Yeah, this is uh, a poem on gratitude and uh, small things. This is written by Wendell Berry, the great farmer poet of, uh, of the United States. It's called The Sorrel Philly. And Juan, you did advise me that the sorrel filly could grow up into being a chestnut mare, which is not... Beware awesome. the chestnut mare. Beware the chestnut mare. <laughs> Why should we beware chestnut mares? They can be difficult. You know, redheads have a certain Similar. reputation to maintain. <laughs> Ooh, I had no idea. I had a black Shetland pony uh, oh, as a oh. kid. So. <clears throat> For what it's worth. I... All right. The Sorrel Philly by Wendell Berry. The song of small birds fade away into the bushes after sundown. The air dry, sweet with goldenrod. Beside the path, suddenly, bright asters flare in the dusk. The aged voices of a few crickets thread the silence. It is a quiet I love, though my life too often drives me through it deaf. Busy with costs and losses, I waste the time I have to be here, a time blessed beyond my deserts, as I know, if only I would keep aware. The leaves rest in the air, perfectly still. I would like them to rest in my mind as still, as simply spaced. As I approach, the sorrel filly looks up from her grazing, Poised there, light on the slope as a young apple tree. A week ago I took her away to sell and failed to get my price and brought her home again. Now, in the quiet, I stand and look at her a long time, glad to have recovered what is lost in the exchange of something for money. Hmm. Oh. Wendell Berry. Wendell Berry. I love Wendell Berry. I, I one of um uh, the first book I read by him was The Unsettling of America. Oh, and a classic, a total classic. Yeah, it uh, really expanded my thinking about Me the landscape here Me too. In, in the I country. feel like a bad American. I haven't read it. It was written in the early 70s, and it's, uh, it was prescient. It, 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 all, it all happened. What he described was happening, happened. I'd it's recommend it. Be, it's on the list. Yeah, the I'm, depopulation. I'm audible in it right now. <laughs> <laughs> So gratitude, what are what are we all thankful? Yeah, for do you guys these have a, a, a quote unquote gratitude practice? Gratitude practice. Well, I far too few of us just take time to to reflect on that very question, whether we have a practice or not. Just building in some reflective silence in our busy lives, and uh, and this might be for our listeners' uh, news out there, but I, I think those of us in elected uh, office uh, from time to time think about these sorts of things. It's not all just road maintenance and and levying mills uh, for, for taxes, but it's also thinking about what makes for a full and, and meaningful life for all of us, and, and that's at an individual level, and certainly uh, those of us sitting around this table, I think, probably struggle with that, but it's also for our community at large and and so for me just carving out time when there's so much going on by way of the the flood of email it never stops 
and and how do you triage your life in a way that creates those spaces and openness and uh, openings for uh, recognizing the gift that every moment that we have and every breath that we take is absolutely so how do you do it not very well, actually. Uh, uh, but so for me right now, coming on the heels after election season, I, I am certainly grateful for the folks of the community who have entrusted me with another term in office. But that comes with uh, a recognition that uh, you should only be doing this as long as you have a passion for, for the work, passion for service, which I think I still do, but also recognizing that this work that we do is is just kind of embedded in the matrix of, of a larger life that includes poetry, it includes literature, the arts, all of that is essential to, I think, being human and also to effectively being able to give back to our communities. I just came from uh, a lunch with University of Montana President Seth Bodner, and uh, at the end of the lunch, he left us with a comment he had heard from a friend that Missoula is the place where apathy goes to die. I love that. And I really did appreciate that and how engaged our community is. And he was kind of saying this about uh, the university students, how engaged they are, which can be difficult because you you want your community to be engaged and to um, to hold you accountable. And, and he was kind of expressing he loves that about the students, but then it's also, you know, that he can feel beat up too. And I think as, as public yeah. servants, we definitely appreciate this engaged community we get to serve. And then absolutely get the lumps that come with it. Right. And man, I feel so much gratitude and grateful. This is this is the community we get to serve and, and to, to work in. It's so much rather tackle the problems and the issues that we have with this community than pretty much anywhere else in the world. <laughs> yeah, I'm right, I'm right with you there. So yeah. what's your practice? So I've just been aware of balancing two forces, production and intention. Most all of us, I feel like, are judged to some degree on production. Did you get all those emails written back? Did you make sure all the projects you're working on got to the next step? Did all the things you work on here and family business everywhere Did we do all the things we said we were going to do? Are we ready to do more of that? And I feel like it's not just us. This is everywhere. This I don't want to say disease, but it's kind of like a disease where production has become the most important thing. I'm at the grocery store, and I run into a friend I haven't seen for a long time. And I say, how's it going? And because he's really my friend, he answers truthfully instead of just fine, fine. He goes, oh, man, I'm just so swamped. I'm so crazy busy. That's the same response I get from everybody. It is as if. This is what you're supposed to be, massively producing. Whatever you're doing, you're supposed to be really, really busy. And at the same time, we've had these expectations of ourselves around empathy and caring and being good to each other and being good to ourselves and good to our families. And that tension there is production tends to run over everything. I would like to see us, if I could have a kind of a wish in this holiday season, to ratchet back the production a little bit and ratchet up the intention a little bit. So if all of your energy is going towards production. You're going to get all your stuff done. It feels fine to sacrifice other things in the name of production. So just to be real crass, you're going to go through the drive-through and eat garbage because you're racing from one place to the next and you just got to keep yourself fueled because you're getting the things done that need to be done. As opposed to intention, where like, no, I'm actually going to prepare a real meal and sit with my family and look people I care about in the eye and share this good food. I'm going to get less done. 
and we have a tendency to orient ourselves much more towards production and less towards intention. And I just use food as an, as an example, but it could be uh, caring for the, the ground behind your house or showing your loved ones how much you care about them. Uh, we sacrifice all these things in the name of production every day. And I think we could do a little bit less on production and do a little more on intention. And feeling gracious is part of that. The case that you bring up, Josh, as far as being really intentional, yeah. any tricks or, or techniques that you found that, that yeah. help? Because I, I certainly there's, struggle with this. There's something I do, and this is in farm work, which I do a few days a week, and it can feel intense and oppressive. There's so much to be done, and it's all under a timeline, and you got to go fast. And it's just to stop for just a millisecond and look up, and you see it's beauty all around. We get the best skies in Western Montana, not the big sky, but the best skies. And to see for a moment, man, I get to be here in this place right now. What a, what a great privilege. And then put my head down and pick up the irrigation pipe. But yeah. it, it really works. Just taking a moment. Just to... a little millisecond to look up and see where we are. Because where we are is really special. It, it, Most places are not like this. It's the Henry David Thoreau quote, the perception of beauty is a moral test that speaks to me and I think what both of you are saying to look up there were, I dabbled for a moment I thought I was going to be an art major yeah uh, perspective too and just taking the time to notice whether you're looking up at the sky or you're looking at the the composition of the pavement meeting the drain right there and and holding some some wonder just taking like that those you know 10 seconds to see that helps ground me yeah. I found you can do a similar thing with with people too uh, and I have to make myself do it sometimes but I'm getting tea and instead of just saying thanks to the barista I kind of try and look him in the eye a little bit and give a little bit more thanks just try yeah. and establish some small connection that I'm realizing I'm, I'm interacting here with a person not an automaton handing me my my green tea and you almost always get a smile and for whatever reason it must be imprinted in our DNA it makes me feel better same when we get a constituent with an angry phone call. If we can yeah, take a breath and, and, and be curious about their concerns, that, that really helps me, um, yes, center and ground myself and allow the onslaught. Yeah, I think you, you hit something on there that's just so perfect and so right. Being curious about the concerns first before we go to problem Solutions, solving. Because yep. uh, problem solving too soon leads to argument this is the solution no that's the solution and really hearing the concerns are are more important yeah authentic question of why not why the heck are you believing the thing that you are but i mean really trying to go deeper than that and and tease out what is the the multi-layers of of story behind how someone came to the position live within the context that they do you know uh, thinking back about what you just said josh about production and some folks are going to if, if they've heard me talk about this before my apologies i might sound like a broken record but it, it takes me across the continental divide to fort benton montana where on the side of the elementary school in fort benton there is a sign that says industry is useless without culture, culture. Ah. 
And this is not some new thing that got tacked up over there. This has been on the side of that building since uh, the 1930s. And it's kind of a WPA era sort of project that came to be this sign. And what that really tells me is is that the sense of production, of industry, of busyness, of, of all that goes into that really is hollow without the, the relationships, the, the culture that binds us all together. And that's part of what I think is the the beauty and magic of this this place uh, that we call home here in western Montana, I think, want to keep home into the future. Well, I still want well, to get back to Strohmeyer's practice. So what what else do you... Yeah. So you, you saw the sign on the side of the school, and you say that you struggle with, you know, the production of the email inbox or what have you, or... or but so yeah so how well and, and do you take time to appreciate things yeah so so part of it is a busyness unto itself also but it's recognizing that our relationship with the confederated salish and kootenai tribes is important we had a mm-hmm. big celebration here a number of weeks back where we dedicated bear tracks bridge that has everything to do with culture uh, it, it's it's a relationship with people who have called this place, and we're right now looking out at Hellgate Canyon right now out the window, and, and people who have called this place home for thousands upon thousands of years, and how does that play into our sense of rootedness and, and centeredness in this place? That that has less to do with industry, everything to do with culture. How do I kind of sit in that and, and, and stew in that a little bit? Uh, well, for me, I guess to get right down to practice, it's this time of year that we're in right now, fall. Uh, I, I'm a big game hunter, and I can think of few times in my life where I feel as rooted and, and as connected as being by myself somewhere under the uh, the dome of sky here in Montana tracking a big game animal or anymore for me it has really less to do with actually filling my freezer as much as I would like to put a little venison in my freezer this season than it does just seeing the wonder of, of this, this kind of miraculous world that we oh. live in just flourishing in life right with you this last week uh, i was in the arrow creek breaks in central montana on a hunting trip perched over these can't breaks. believe you told people where you were that's big township range in section <laughs> josh uh, cough it up here <laughs> it's a big area sitting on on the edge of the breaks looking down into they, they just look bottomless if you know what the greater missouri breaks look like and then looking up at the kind of rims of the breaks and these hills and they were orange with the sunset the sky was orange behind them and i just sat there real so quietly and stared at them and then watched the orange turn to blue to kind of periwinkle to black and thought of this another wendell berry quote oh, the earth is news mm. oh that was so good yeah yeah so good just to, to see that that beauty and there's kind of timelessness to it it puts other things in perspective but again it's looking up and noticing and being in a real intentionally putting yourself in a beautiful place which isn't difficult here it's really difficult in lots of places but it's not difficult here and i think it helps all of that put in perspective what might seem super urgent in the moment may not in the grand scheme of things be quite as pressing or life life changing as it might seem yeah i feel like we are often faced with the clash between the urgent and the important Mm. And the urgent almost always wins. 
What about you, Winnie? Uh, you live in a yeah. bleed up, beautiful spot up the Blackfoot River. Uh, what, what's so your practice? So lucky. Yeah, that j- just being able to live close to nature, I feel incredibly grateful for. And you talk about that, that groundedness and grounding. Um, when I took this job, I'd never spent time indoors. And it is really disconnecting to be in an office building. And I felt that on a, a very physical level. And it was weirdly difficult for those first six months or so in this job. I'd never experienced fluorescent lights like this and, and the indoors and the air conditioning. And, and I didn't really realize like how kind of off-centered I was. So I got some office plants and that really helped. Need a little bit of green, a little bit of mm-hmm. grounding. But yeah, that my own practice is to try to be observant. And if I can't be observant visually, then I try to think about what I'm smelling or hearing or feeling and just kind of work through the senses to take a moment to ground. I'm with you. This was my first 100% indoor job since my early 20s. And how did it feel for you those first Very, few years? Uh, I remember walking or in first here few months. beginning on, I'm going to spend the whole day inside in September. And that's <laughs> like, what it was. What? A, it was a time of year, too. Yeah. In it, winter, it's not so bad because I spent time indoors in the winter, my old life as well. But spring, summer, fall, not at all. Yeah. So what did you do? You were still working at the farm, too. I still like, had yeah. Just like you, a yeah. couple days a week. So it didn't. It, I couldn't live without it in the same way you couldn't. It's just part of who we are. I think part of the great thing with the work that we do countywide is even though probably uh, spend way more time in this retrofitted 1960s era law conference room uh, than, than I would than I would like, um, we do from time to time get to roam around the county really uh, outside of these walls. Really and and that for me is part of that grounding. It, it's uh, reconnecting not only to the work we do outside of these walls, but the, the people and the landscape that we uh, have jurisdiction over here. We really do have a beautiful county. Oh, it, it is. And the diversity. Yep. Yep. We're yeah. I also find find some groundedness in the obligation that is our work. It's super real. It is, and super yeah, important. It, it can be paralyzing if you let yourself realize how big the obligation is, but it's also fueling, too. It's such an honor, such an honor to be able to serve your community, in a community that's given us so much and has so much opportunity, and, and here's our opportunity to make it better, make lives better, help make a system work better for everyone. And we have but a moment of time. It of is time. just a moment, yeah. And and as it relates to gratitude for me, recognizing the privilege of working with the folks I do, uh, my fellow commissioners here, but the, just the incredible staff yeah. that, that we have at Missoula County that I wish more people were able to get a window into that. Because when I show up here every day, I am pretty sure that the vast majority of my colleagues and coworkers are coming here to, to do their level best to give back to their communities. One other thing, uh, not to dominate the conversation no. here, but one other thing that comes to mind gratitude wise in this uh, season of Thanksgiving but also just uh, beyond uh, the holiday itself just taking stock of uh, the lives that we live at this time of the year is as I came through this election season and having to deal with lists of contributors and uh, lists of folks who I'm I'm engaging as part of a campaign cycle seeing the names of folks who are no longer with us 
Yeah, oh, that's, the, that's hard. Yeah, I just think about the the friends and colleagues who played a big role in our work here in county government who passed on, whether it was the mayor of Missoula this past year or the many other folks that all of us can probably remember and all individuals who played some role yeah. in our lives. And I'm extremely grateful for those individuals. Yeah, it's important to realize that. You kind of mentioned it clearly there that this is just a moment we have. We shouldn't be acting as if things will always be the way they are right now and that the people around us will always be here. There's yeah. some obligation in that too. Yeah, time moves on and uh, and hopefully we can play a role in the gratitude of others years down the road. But uh, we do what we can. Yeah, I like what you said about that obligation too because I'm thinking of those who are no longer with us and in my mind, mm. I want to do right by them. Absolutely. I've always tried to do right by my great-grandparents is, is how I've kind of thought of how I kind of align my life, but then more specifically to local government, I mean, the leadership of Mayor Ingen or Klaus von Stutterheim. Yeah, those are, two, those are two big ones right there. Yeah. Yeah, and want to do right by them, uh, do their memory right. I've, I've thought about the mayor often when things didn't go as I wanted them to go in my work on a specific day and feeling just beat up and hearing him say, well, you just brush yourself off and get up and get back there tomorrow. Oh, good well, one. <laughs> and then as I'm leaving his office, he'd smile with a twinkle in his eye and say, take the rest of the day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he always said That's that. so true. Another thing that John said oft and... Uh, and I know we've used it too, and that is the old phrase uh, or saying, don't let the perfect be the enemy yeah, of the good. Yeah. And I think it's important to do your level best, and you might make a mistake in the process, but if you're always waiting for the stars to completely align, you're going to be uh, in paralysis. Yeah. yeah, I really appreciate in terms of gratitude, you two, a ton, that you are generally down with the idea that we should get caught trying as opposed to... Oh, wait, absolutely. Wait until things are perfect before we take action. Given that our time here is just that finite moment, we've got to put our level best into action. Because the stars could be aligned. It might just be a little this cloud cover. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> like, I like it. <laughs> if COVID has taught us anything, it is that there's a time when you need to roll up your sleeves and take action in spite of the, the murkiness of what it looks like going forward. So how about if we end this with some holiday wishes? Ooh, yeah, health and safety. That's big. Health, health and safety. Like, a lot of people got to travel. I want our loved ones to be healthy. Yeah, that's, that's my wish. I, I do not debate that one. That, <laughs> that, is a, that is a good one. Maybe just building off how we started this in terms of gratitude and intentionality. And I wish for folks that they're able to turn off their cell phones momentarily and, and be willing to maybe take a day, maybe just start with a minute, uh, five minutes without worrying about that flood of correspondence that might be waiting for us. And I, I think you hit the nail on the, the head, Josh. Maybe my wish is that we all just take a moment and look up. <laughs> that, that's, that's good. Yeah, my wish would be we take a moment and see something, find something that's really positive. Yeah. I feel like we're a bit oriented towards what makes us mad. It's kind of like candy, like it just gives you a little jolt and then you gotta go get to the next one, but it's not satisfying as compared to what makes us feel filled up. Say, so look for that. Happy seeking folks and happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yep, see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Tip of the Spear podcast. If you enjoy these conversations, it would mean a lot if you would rate and review the show on whichever podcast app you like. 
And if you know a friend who would like to keep up with what's happening in local government, be sure to recommend this podcast to them. The Tip of the Spear podcast is made possible with support from MCAT, better known as Missoula Community Access Television, and our staff in the Missoula County Communications Division. If you have a question or topic you'd like us to address on a future episode, email it to communications at missoulacounty.us. And to find other ways to stay up to date with what's happening at Missoula County, go to missoula.co slash county updates. And thanks for listening. <laughs>